0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon. You're very welcome to Liveline. Let's go straight to the Joint Committee and Justice Garda Commissioner Drew Harris has just started Some of speaking. Some sought to break through our outer cordon into the actual crime scene cordon, but they were repelled by Garda. At around 6.30 p.m., fire attacks started on public transport and Garda vehicles, criminal damage and looting began, and Garda had fireworks thrown and fired at them. At this time, there's already a significant Garda presence in the city, and by 7 p.m., further Garda were arriving. The numbers involved in rioting had also grown considerably in this period of time, and we estimate that approximately 500 were engaged in some form of disorder. By 8 p.m., the number of trained and equipped public order Garda had now grown to 250, so tenfold our original deployment, and this is our largest ever public order deployment, and they, together with 150 of their colleagues and supported by the dog unit, the mounted unit and their support unit, then started to uh, address the, the riotous uh, groups in front of them. While the intense violence was shocking and distressing, calm was being restored immediately as Gardaí deployed uh, and was largely restored in the city centre by 10pm and full order was restored by 11.30pm. And, and while these are... While these are terrible events, it must be said that routine and necessary policing was also continuing throughout the rest of the Dublin metropolitan region. Thanks to the great work by Gardaí, all the other emergency services, Dublin City Council, public transport companies and the we, business community... We, we leave that Dublin on in the background. Back, back we'll come back. That's the Gardaí Commissioner, that's the Gardaí Commissioner speaking. Uh, live at the Joint Committee on Justice in Leinster House. Cliff, Cliff yeah. uh, Nolan, how are you Cliff? I'm, I'm OK, I'm good, thank you. Cliff, uh, you just heard the Garda Commissioner said there was 500 at least involved in the riots. What time, well, did, they hit you, what time did they hit your shop at? Uh, it was 20 past nine. OK, well, the Garda Commissioner just said it, uh, order was restored at 10pm and fully restored. The city was calm at 11.30. What happened at 20 past nine in Capel Street in your bike shop? Well, they only smashed in the window then, in that moment. And they were in and out less than 15 minutes. But they'd been in a few times, you know, a, a gang of uh, looters, you know. About how many of them? Uh, it's hard to tell, even with the footage and stuff, because there was definitely a, a number of them outside the store watching out, as well as yeah. the gang that was going in and out. So some, somewhere between 10 and 15, you know. Okay, and Cliff, were you aware that your, your shop was being hit? Yeah, How? I was on my way. Uh, I've, I've, well, a guy I used to know, a friend of mine, old friend of mine, called me. Yeah. At, at, at the very moment they started hitting the window, he says they're smacking the window. I opened yeah. my surveillance on my phone. Yeah. And in the same moment they smashed the glass. So I immediately call my my uh, business partner Powell, and mm-hmm. we're on the bikes and we're riding riding down as quick as we can to the shop. You know. Okay, let's go back to Drew Harris for a sec. You stay with us, Cliff, and listen yes. to this, please. And- the two deputy uh, commissioners, but also then executive directors, um, decided after discussion on the following measures. The provision of stronger incapacitant spray to all Gardaí, and this stronger incapacitant spray is already provided to the public order units and is already on supply to the armed support unit and the ERU, but this will also be extended to all Gardaí for their operational day-to-day equipment. Well, that's pepper spray. Let's hear what he's saying. 
Public order unit capability with the provision of 200 tasers for deployment to public order units subject to uh, successful training and accreditation. Tasers are already provided to uh, all firearms specialist areas, including the ERU, regional armed uh, response units, as well as the special detective unit. We intend to submit a business case for the procurement of two water cannon. We want to increase the numbers trained and engaged in public order training. Uh, we are considering the addition of uh, smaller round shields to public order units, and this is part of our examination of tactics. We want to expand and enhance the public order fleet, and again, this is to enhance our tactics. Um, at the request of the Minister, um, and separate to the procurement of a body-worn camera, we want to run a separate proof-of-concept project involving the deployment of body-worn cameras in the Dublin city area. The cameras will be used with, in conjunction with a code of practice developed in line with the Digital Recording Bill. This is a relatively quick technical solution and should make uh, body-worn cameras available to city centre Gardaí in a shorter time frame, hopefully during quarter one of 2024. We want to accelerate the expansion of the Garda Dog Unit as provided in the Budget 2024. Um, and also then, in terms of uh, further evidence gathering, we want to purchase handheld video cameras for public order units, uh, an examination of our public order tactics to take in the, uh, the equipment to, um, that we've, that we've uh, uh, going to purchase and train on. And then lastly, an increase in the Garda data scientists uh, to support the analysis and identification of evidential material. And as I've said, an organisational debrief is currently underway under leadership of Assistant Commissioner Paul Cleary, so there may be further developments uh, as we move forward. Yeah, thanks, Tommy, for your, your dexterity on the desk, as per usual. Um, we're trying to get in and out live here, so, so bear with us, but it's working so far. Um, uh, Cliff, were you aware that the Garda Public Order Unit don't have tasers? Uh, was I aware that the Garda don't have tasers? Yeah, every 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 member of the Metropolitan Police in London and most pre yeah. police forces across the UK carry tasers. They're non-lethal yeah. deterrents. Yeah. Okay, but they don't, and they're they're, they're now getting two hundred of them. Um, but only yeah. I, only the ERU and the armed support units, specialist units, car carry tasers. Uh, Cliff, so so you're you're cycling feverishly towards Capel Street, and what what greeted you when you arrived at your shop, which was being looted? Uh, there was only oh well, you know, glass everywhere, things everywhere. There's a couple of bikes on the floor, and uh, you know, a few people taking pictures. Outside, you know, that's and how many bikes were stolen? Uh, ten. And that includes a couple of um, customer bikes, unfortunately. Okay, and the value of the bikes, Cliff, have you? Yeah, well, it was a mixture of values. Some were very, very high end, including one of the customers, and and then the other ones are just kind of average, you know. Yeah, but the total, brand, you know? the total value of of the items stolen, let alone the damage, the total value you'll have to put in a, an insurance claim. I hope. I hope. Um, yeah, well, we're talking with insurance and the landlord, okay. and, uh, you know, all about the different news and outs and who covers so what. We're, we're talking thousands of euros stolen on you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and what about damage to the shop, Cliff? Yeah, that's that, that all needs to be replaced. You know, we have a temporary wall in the moment, um, temporary wooden, stood and, stood and board kind of. Uh, that's making it secure enough to, uh, for, for the moment during the night. We still have another... 
uh, security gate inside that will fix back up again. Okay. So hopefully uh, we'll have the shutters, new shutters in soon. Because the shutter companies and the glass companies are run off their feet in Dublin. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 going to take a little bit more time than I would hope, you know, but I'm sure, I'm sure and, everyone's in the same battle now at the moment. And, and Cliff, do you, do you, when they came down Capel Street, there was a group of them, they had the hoodies and the balaclavas or whatever, primarily yeah. hoodies. Do you think they deliberately headed for your shop or there was an opportunistic spotting of your shop? Do you follow me? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. The thought, the thought was maybe I was targeted. But at the same time, there is a few shops on Cable Street that they might have been also looking for. So there's a lot of phone, laptop, uh, computer kind of shops, as well as the electric scooter shop, as well as myself. Yeah. Now, they didn't hear, you know, they didn't hit certain, they didn't even bother many many windows. But, you know, there was definitely something appetizing, you know, about the the windows that they could go at, you know. So... uh, not that I was definitely targeted, but, you know, as soon as they saw it, makes a note, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. I'm sure and then, you, well, then what did you have to do on Friday and Saturday? When everyone, on Friday, everyone was of the belief, including uh, Dahl Aaron was evacuated. I heard Jim O'Callaghan. I didn't, uh, I couldn't leave the shop. I couldn't leave the couldn't shop. We okay. still had the whole front open, you know. So, and I couldn't get a contractor to get the wall up until late in the afternoon, so... So without choice, we were kind of open and trying to, you know, still give bike out, still do a little bit of service and clean up and make some sense of the shop. At this stage, we've no phone, no laptop, no till. So it was an awkward couple of days and it's still... When you say, you know, but when you say you couldn't leave the shop... Well, it wasn't safe. There was no way of securing the so shop. Did you, so did you sleep in the shop? Well, we stayed, Did but you we didn't you sleep, think yeah. we sleep? <laughs> yeah, I understand. And, and okay, you, you, did you sit up through the night? Yeah, I did, yeah. What, in and an armchair or something? Tell me, tell me. Yeah. And the next day, but yeah, no, I, I kept standing, you know, I kept going, you know. And what would you have done if, if a gang had came back on Friday, come back on Friday night? I, you know, I don't really know. I don't. I, don't, I didn't your, have a plan. It's your you livelihood. Know. Any, any, any yeah. luck on on spotting the bikes, sir? Are they on any websites? No, no sign of them anywhere at the moment. No. Yeah. Um, Gardy, what did the Gardy say? Well, again, there's a massive investigation going on in regards to all yeah. the incidents. So yeah, they ran to us every day since. You know, oh, have so they? Good, good, good. And is there, yeah. is there a big guard of presence on the streets since then? Cliff? Yeah, which has been fabulous. Really needed it. And yeah, because Capel Street. Because Capel Street is pedestrianised from 11 o'clock every day, as you know. Yeah. 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 Know. Well, though, you know, <laughs> Henry, Henry Street and Grafton Street are pedestrianised. Yeah, Capel yeah. Street something else, but it's a, it's a working. Progress. You know, it's it's a hybrid. Yeah, it's great. I lo- I love it anyway. You know, it's okay. definitely a great buzz about the bike. Uh, about the, the how long now, the how long have you there. been in business down down Cable Street? I I took over from another guy in there two years ago with my business partner Pavel. Okay, yeah. well done, well done. Say with us, Cliff. Let's go back to the Doll Committee. Uh, Drew Harris is uh, answering questions. And we have put resources on the ground. Uh, there's more then that we're going to have to do, but that is going to require uh, a redirection and a reprioritisation of resources. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Commissioner. I have two other questions. I'm going to put them as a block and let you ask them as a block because I'm mindful of time because we'll move swiftly on from a member to member. 
I mentioned in my introductory remarks the suggestions that were made actually last night on primetime by a GRA representative, but I've heard it from many sources that individual Gardaí were being called up not through a central command communication, but through colleague to colleague, we need help, bid us out, come into your local station. To what extent are you, are you aware of that? Is, is that what happened, or, or, or was there a central command sent out? I know members of the force were requested, well, I understand they were from as far away as the West Coast, Lago Mayo, uh, and elsewhere for, around the country. Is it correct that members were just volunteering themselves? If, if they were, I commend them, but, but was that in the absence of a command, or, or was that in addition to it? Well, um, I've seen part of what I think was a WhatsApp message, and WhatsApp is used um, to circulate messages around uh, the, the public order trained personnel. WhatsApp is also used to, to circulate legitimate messages when individuals are being sought for duties or for overtime. Uh, and what I saw is part of a management request okay. for uh, additional resources to come in. But at the same time, it has to be said that um, as in one individual was responding, they were ringing people that they knew were, who were available and asking them, I'm going in, you're about to get a call. Or uh, people were seeing what was happening on social media and um, on the news and then making themselves ready and heading to their station or heading to prearranged muster points. So there's an element of people responding themselves, knowing that very shortly they're going to be called upon or if they haven't been called upon, volunteering uh, to make themselves available. Um, and so it, it, I think what was said last night uh, was a distortion. It doesn't actually reflect uh, the efforts really from um, mid-afternoon onwards to maximise resources. Uh, constantly the resources at Parnell Square East were being built up. Uh, I've spoken to members on Garda Shikana who were originally on the point in uh, soft cap, yellow coat, and then who returned to their stations to come back then in public order gear, for instance. Very good. Okay, thank, thank you, you Commissioner. Um, I'm going to move on to Deputy Daly. Uh, it's five minutes. That's James uh, Lawless, Fianna uh, Fáil TD, the Chairperson uh, of the Justice Committee. Okay, let's listen to a few more questions. To the and to the Deputy and Assistant Commissioner also. You said, um, Commissioner, that uh, last week that <clears throat> this incident or these incidents could not have been anticipated. But in your opening statement, you say that there was a series of protests uh, in the past year or so, and that they were anti-immigrant protests. I think you accept that there had been a series, and I think you accept that there was 50 arrests and files to the DPP, more than probably any other year. I think you'd accept that, would you? Well, okay. that's fact. More than any other year. Oh, yeah. well, yes, yes. So it had been rising over the last, uh, over the last period of months and years. Yes, that's correct, yes. And uh, in our own, you, you also said in, back in May that there have been persistent uh, perpetrators of hate messages uh, online. So you, And those you were questions aware are coming from Pa Daly, yes. the Fain spokesperson on justice. Let me, I, we'll, come, we'll go, drop back in and out because it's fascinating. Uh, questions being asked and answers being given by the Garda Commissioner. He so far said in the last uh, 15 minutes since we've been on air that uh, the Garda are going to get a, a extra a stronger pepper spray, stronger and uh, more secure uh, public order equipment, smaller shields, I presume he's talking about the shields the French police use, which are, which are circular. More Garda are going to be trained in public order. They have two water cannon which have been 
uh, liveried uh, and and have guarded now on them. They were they got them they borrowed them from the PSNI last Friday. They are going to buy two water cannon. They are going to buy two hundred tasers because believe it or not, the Garda Public Order Unit unit does not have tasers. Even though every police uh, uh, man and woman in the UK carries a taser, they're non-lethal and they've proved to be uh, extremely effective. And even their presence, they're the yellow. You've seen the yellow. They look like plastic guns. Um, they're the yellow uh, objects that the police carry in the UK. You see it on their, on their uh, waistband. OK, let me go to John in the Garda Reserve. Or it was in the Garda Reserve because the Garda Reserve was, suppo- was set up nearly 20 years ago, believe it or not. First deployed into in 2006 and um, the initial plan was that there'd be 2,000. It went up to 1,100 and it dropped now, we're told, to around 400, if not even uh, lower than that. John, good afternoon. Just tell us, you were in the Garda Reserve from 208 to 211. Um, why, did you, why did you apply and, and what did you need to get in, John? Uh, yes, Joe, I was in for um, two <coughs> Three years after after it started, I was working in Dublin at the time, mm-hmm. and I just um, out of curiosity applied uh, to join the Guard Reserve. And uh, I remember you filled up an application form. You'd done a medical, and we'd done assessment okay. tests, and we had to write out reports. You were given um, a scenario um, of an incident. You write out a report based mm-hmm. on on the scenario, and I'd done two interviews. And we were accepted, right. and we spent a number of weekends training in the Garda College in Templemore, and a week, a week, and a number of weekends training the College in Templemore, mm-hmm. and we also done weekends um, training in the um, in the Garda Station in Dublin, in Central Dublin. Okay, so the, the training was the training good, adequate, fulfilling. Yes, excellent, absolutely excellent. I don't, we done pepper spray and um, okay. we done the the batons as well. We done use the batons, the pepper spray, and the legality of using the baton, when to use it, how to use it, and the same with the pepper spray, when you use it, how you use it. You had to be past confident. Yeah, you had okay. to do the course and be past confident before you're issued with it. And why did? Issue, issue, issue. And it's 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 obviously it's not paid. But why did you why did you join, John? I just um, just out of curiosity. Now, a lot of a lot, lot of my class joined. They wanted to join the Garda full time. Okay. And um, but uh, I was working in Dublin at the time, and I just joined joined it. Well done. And I enjoyed my time in it. Uh, you had to be to join the Garda Reserve. By the way, I've been trying this morning to get into because it's still open to get on to get onto yes. publicjobs.ie to find out how you apply to to. Uh, join the Garda Reserve, but I'm finding it impossible. Maybe someone else can find it, find it for me. You have to be aged between 18 and 60. You have to be a national of European member state or an EEA state of the Swiss Confederation. You have to be legally in the state for five years, be in good health, with good vision, be of good character, completed the leaving certificate or equivalent. Uh, good character, as I say, and uh, good eyesight. But you can be aged between 80 and 60. And who were your colleagues in the Garda Reserve? Can you give me a description generally of who else was joining when it was popular, when it did get up to 1,100, and it's now, unbelievably, has dropped to 400. And there's no national campaign that I'm aware of to encourage people of civic-minded and skill to uh, join. What, who were the other people in the Reserve? Well, we had a full class in Templemore, as a week in Templemore, and there were ranging in ages from 
18, 19, up to 40. A lot of those were young, were, were, wanted to join the Gardaí full-time. Okay. And a lot of those that were uh, in my age group, just uh, joined it out with something to do and mm-hmm. and uh, just to have time on their hands and there's uh, just something to do and get an insight in, into it, which which I did and I certainly enjoyed it. Okay, and where you where could you have been deployed last Thursday night? Could the Garda Reserve, obviously with proper equipment? In other words, was there any any Garda eventuality where you obviously you're not armed? But it was hard. Was any is there any Garda eventuality where you were told, "Oh no, the reserve would never be sent there"? Well, you'd be backup to the Garda as yeah. such. You wouldn't be frontline. You'd be backup. We okay. could be doing the, doing the stations inside in the stations when people are arrested. They would be brought in and processed and held. Uh, okay. Held in, in the cells, and we'd be uh, that. You'd be doing paperwork, you'd be doing the radio, you'd be doing the, the phones, and you might be out uh, at the rear uh, mm-hmm. if, if the POU, public order unit, arrests somebody, they'd bring them back to the, the vans, and um, okay. we, we, we'd have uh, um, uh, processed them after, the, after that. The full time guards, uh, but we'd be there, I suppose. We're there, yes. We're part of the Garda Shikana. We're there, yes, yes. Because okay. I was fully trained in, in, in the baton and the pepper spray and you had to remember mm. the, the five the five points of using it, the baton and the pepper spray, the five points. And do you remember those five? I know it's a while since you left. Uh, yes, yes. in. Okay, go on. Proportionate. Yeah. Legal. Yeah. Accountable. Yeah. Necessary and non-discriminatory. So the use of pepper spray and okay. the must be propor- proportional to the situation. Uh, it must be legal because yeah, yeah and mm. you're accountable. You have to be accountable because you can say yes, I can stand up in court and say that I, I was justified in using using the baton in that situation or pepper spray. Necessary, yes, it was necessary and non-discriminatory. Now that's well. So you would have been there. You would have been there. Yeah. Now, John, um, I'd, I'd stay with us now, John. But but. Um, did, we, we, did you ever see, and we now know, that only very specialist units were given tasers. Did you ever see a taser being deployed? No, uh, no. Okay. Did you ever see a no. guard carrying a taser? Uh, no, I didn't, no. Okay. Not that I'm aware of, no. Well, they've been in use in the UK for years. Now, uh, by the way, they're not... They're, they're obviously a specialist uh, piece of equipment. They, in the UK, you're, you do four days training, which is relatively short, Four days training on the use of a taser, and you'd, you have a refresher a couple of days every year, obviously, as you have with most things like that. But um, were you were you surprised? Or you probably knew. Were you surprised that the guard, the public order units, don't have tasers? I am. Yes, I was. Yes, yes, because I, I we had the public order units in, um, in in Dublin, in the same station, and. Uh, They'd obviously be be held in reserve if there was any trouble. They'd be they'd be deployed straight away to it yeah. situation. But. And by the way, I'm, I was reading earlier a, a piece from the Northamptonshire uh, the, the constabulary. You know, there's so many different the geographical constabularies there by county or whatever. And they say since they've deployed tasers, no, since they've sorry, since they've carried tasers. Now, not every, but most officers do. But since they've carried taser, they work as a great deterrent. Because if an offender, I think it would have happened um, on on uh, Thursday night, if an offender sees a guard draw his or her taser, 
They know what's coming and it's it, what it is. And people know it at this stage. Tasers use an electrical current to temporarily incapacitate a person. Uh, extensive medical and scientific tests were carried out before Taser was approved by, for use. But it is it is approved for use. But as uh, was discovered in the UK, the, the more evident it is, the less you have to use it because people know. OK, where's Liam O'Carroll? Liam, good afternoon. Thanks, John. And thanks for your service. And as I say, Garda Reserve, would you join? It's supposed to be 2,000. It's now about 400, believe it or not. Um, and at its, at its height, it was 1,100. Liam O'Carroll, good afternoon. Yes, good afternoon. Um, tell us your, your observation, please. I know, I, I was just going down Cable Street okay. and uh, I'd seen a commotion down ahead of me. And then when I got down, uh, I was across the road from the bike shop and I saw the glass all smashed in. And um, the lads trying to clean it up, and then I was going on to Mary Street, but there were a gang of lads just at the corner of maybe Capel Street and Mary Street Little, and they you could see they were up to no good. I crossed the road, and then there was a guard van came flying down from mm-hmm. uh, Smithfield along Mary Street Little. So the lads once they saw the guard the van coming, they scarper because they were just wandering around, I'd say, looking for trouble. Mm. And uh, I wouldn't say they had mo- anything to do with yeah, the yeah. stuff up in Parnell Street. They were just... Well, we heard, we heard from one of our listeners yesterday who was scrambling to get home from uh, Abbey Street. That well, went, no, I was trying to... I know, uh, I know yeah, you weren't the story. I'm, I'm, not talking about, I'm, I'm not talking about you, your story. Yesterday we heard a oh, story, yeah. just in terms, Liam, of the groups that were gathering. Yesterday we heard a story from a caller scrambling to get home from Abbey Street, went up to Keys, went up past the Dublin City uh, Council offices, and you look up that hill under the arch of Christ Church, and yeah. she said there was a hundred, a hundred young people in Balaclavas and Hoods marching down the hill. So where were they coming from? They weren't in Parnell Square, so obviously the word no. the word was going out. There's free yeah, stuff. Like they were all, There's free all, stuff. All, all these guys, they're all in black and hoodies and um, whatever the things, the scarves to go up around their faces. So um, we're wandering around the place, and that's why even when I had come down along the street, but near Christchurch and Parliament Street, like there was stuff on fire mm-hmm. there, and the public audience there, and. Same on Georgia Street, um, that there was guys causing trouble okay. there. Well, Drew, Drew, can we go back to Drew Harris, Tommy, for a sec, please? He's talking here. in the northeast inner city. Um, we've Alan heard many times uh, the, the comparison yeah. used from the, the, the 2009 and 10 versus the, the growth since 2015 after Templemore opened. Do you have adequate officers available to you in that particular region of the division? Uh, well, the, the, the organisation is short. OK, sound gone for a minute. We'll be back after this break. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. We'll just go back to uh, Drew Harris is talking about. Business premises, um, etc. The and, the, and the operation that was put in place uh, to there. And then also then... Um, uh, there's uh, there's indicate there's an outline there of the investigation into 
the, uh, the disorder, but also then our, our, uh, our work with the local business community. Um, there's a count there of damage to vehicles and injury to Garda members, and there's an account of all the arrests uh, so far, and also then how the matter's being uh, uh, coded, etc. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Deputy Carlin, Commissioner. Commissioner. Uh, Deputy Edon Rudon. Chair, and firstly, can I just send our solidarity to, to your members who were caught in the crossfire there uh, on Thursday night and just to uh, wish them uh, well and to thank them for trying to uh, police an, an impossible situation. Um, Commissioner, can I just ask you just about your own statement here before I move into, into other issues? Uh, is it true that a second public order guard unit was stood up at 6 p.m. as reported in the media? Um, because according to your statement here that an initial public order unit was on the scene at 2pm, at 4.30 there were people blocking Lewis's and then at 6pm a second public order unit was stood up. That's a, a media report on that. Is, that. is that accurate? And if it is accurate, why did it take an hour and a half from half four to six o'clock for a second public order unit to be stood up? Uh, that that um, public order unit were coming on duty at 6pm, so that would have been the second unit coming on duty on uh, what was up until 1.30, a normal Thursday. Uh, but beyond that, other public order personnel were being called for, from across DMR and also then uh, into Eastern Region at that particular uh, period of time. So uh, what we have is the two units who would have been on anyway and are supplemented then by DMR personnel and then Eastern Region personnel in terms of public order. Is it not fair to suggest that the original public order unit lost control of the situation by half four and then it took another half an hour, an hour and a half for a second public order unit to arrive on the scene? Uh, no, I don't think they had lost control at half, at half four at all. I think uh, they acted uh, with great fortitude in terms of, at that time, the verbal abuse which was increasing uh, from these individuals. It has, it has to be said, a lot of these individuals engaged in very uh, um, hateful uh, speech uh, towards uh, the Garda members. The, the Garda members were regarded in effect as representatives of the state or the government and um, we were on the receipt then of, of all of their anger and indeed hatred, but, but they didn't feel. But Commissioner, uh, if a half four people okay, are Okay, let's, let's go to Chris, please. Let's go to, to Christy Gallagher. Christy, good afternoon. Good afternoon, George. You're a former member of the Garda Sheikhana, long-standing. What do you think of what you've yeah. heard so far from uh, the Garda Commissioner, Drew Harris? Well, it's uh, kind of, the, the horse has really bolted, you know, and all of the things he's t talked about, about getting the 200 tasers, the two water cannon, all of these things. This is after the horse bolted. There have been a number of serious instances, Joe, as you well know, in Dublin mm. and around the city centre for the past 12 months, 18 months. There has been online chat uh, between far-right groups for over that period of time as well, and that has been highlighted by the Institute of Strategic Studies in London and, uh, and mm. elsewhere. And we know also, in relation to the public order units, the deployment of public order units, yeah. I know public order unit that was on standby here in Letterkenny at half ten. They were here only at half ten, only to be stood down at half eleven. Well, well, hang I mean, on, they weren't a, notif Half ten on, on Thursday night? Yes, okay. half ten Thursday night. So they were, I mean, they were, they were mobilised? They were mobilised about around half ten. I was aware that 
They were uh, arriving at the main uh, divisional headquarters here in Donegal, uh, some of them at half ten at night, not only, uh, only to be stood down at half eleven. And why and would, several uh, as, as far as you know, Christy, why were they mobilised on Thursday night in well, Letterkenny? Well, they were mobilised to, to back up the, the yeah, they were mobilised to, to go to Dublin. They were going to be oh, mobilised wow. to go to Dublin uh, to to assist the, the members, their own members in, in Dublin city centre. But I mean, it was it was many hours after this that happened, and we are aware also that mm. a lot of the the soft tops, as we call them, you know, the Gardaí, without the red helmets, yeah. had to return to their stations. And, and we're well aware that also from Jerry Mark Ferris in Dublin, that Gardaí, because they have no lockers for their, mm. their public order uh, equipment, had to drive home uh, to their homes to collect their public order equipment to drive back into the city, collect their shields to go back out. I mean, that's a big, huge delay in itself. So you're taking members off the street. And there's and, no, and, and the, there's no, there's no central store in Dublin, uh, for example, and, and other cities. But uh, we'll speak of Dublin because that's where the riots were on mm, November twenty third. Yeah. There's no central store in Dublin, given that the Phoenix Park headquarters is effectively uh, in in Dublin city yeah. centre between the two canals. You're saying there's no central store in Dublin where Garda Garda van can head up or two vans and fill up with various pieces of uh, riot equipment and go yeah. back to Pierce Street, Store Street, Fitzgibbon Street, Mount, no. Mount Joy, Mount Joy uh, Garda Station. There's, n- there's none. No. There's the absence of the basic lockers for those Garda who had to go home to collect their kit. They had to go home to collect their kit because of the absence of lockers or a central area to, to uh, have this equipment got from. I mean, that, that, that sounds to me as really ridiculous. I mean, it's Keystone's cop stuff in this present day and age. And you talked about tasers there the day, mm-hmm. Joe. We've, the Garda Shikana have been talking about, and the representative associations have been talking about uh, tasers for quite some time. And, why, and there was a why, lot of resistance. Why? Okay, resistance, tell us, from who? Maybe from members, I don't know. From who? Well, not from members, no. From, from, from uh, certain groups, uh, like uh, even politicians, to, for, to have Garda, what's the tasers? on the street. I mean, the tasers, as you alluded to, are fairly basic equipment now in, mm-hmm. in the UK and elsewhere in the world. But um, Gardaí who were out there, the soft tops who were out there, who were initially on scene uh, trying to preserve that scene, that horrific stabbing in Dublin, I mean, they were really open to being separated and attacked and assaulted by this vicious uh, shower of hooligans, as I can call them, and mm-hmm. opportunists who really made a mess. I, mean, I had a daughter and granddaughter who were stuck in the O3 arena in Dublin that yeah. that night as well, and they had to walk 40 minutes back to their hotel. They, they actually saw Gardaí running after rioters. They saw uh, assaults taking place on the, on the side streets. It was just horrendous. I mean, that's not the capital city that you or I or anyone else knows. I mean, the jewel in the crown to have that happening in this city. So is, who, opposed, who opposed tasers? Well, I believe there was. There may have been objections, maybe from civil libertarians uh, or others, who thought that maybe the, that the use of tasers was if, uh, too much in relation to quelling uh, public disorder or assaults. But I, 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 I'm, I cannot put my finger on it right at this present moment in time. Okay. But there had been calls for tasers for some time for, from the representative associations. And I think all of the things that they've spoken about today, about getting the two water can, I mean, the, the fact that we had to go to Belfast to get two water cans mm-hmm. after the event. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, that's something that we had looked for for years to be deployed or have in, in Dublin City with one and a half million people that should have been there and then in the Garda headquarters, should have been out and about. Uh, I mean, 
it's just ridiculous. The deployment uh, of resources okay. was uh, is, 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 is something to be looked at as well. Okay. And I, I, I just, I, I'm very concerned, Joel, that moving forward, that the guard of Chicana were exposed as they were, as were the people of Dublin City and the businesses to that level of violence. And, and something heard, should be done yeah, about it. We've heard, we've heard, yep, yep, yeah. yeah. Uh, Christy, Christy, were you ever in a situation like that yourself? I mean, to, to, yeah, I to reveal on this programme that Gardaí were being mobilised in Letterkenny, how many hours drive yeah. to Dublin? Remind me in the new... The, how many hours of drive to Letterkenny to Dublin now on the motorways? It's not about three and a half hours. And could, could, know, they, could, they, could the Garda public order you and have taken the shortcut through Northern Ireland? No, I presume. Not, not, not really. But I know a lot of members yeah. that would have done it anyway because okay, okay. they were just going to back up. So that's the, how. The, the members uh, but we're, we think we're getting a bigger picture also from the commissioner there of how how serious things were last Thursday, November twenty three. Yeah. If a public order units were being mobilised as far away as Letterkenny on the night to head to Dublin, not for not to be deployed in Letterkenny, but to be deployed uh, three and a half hours away. Um, that 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 shows how serious things were at one stage. Chrissy Gallagher, Gordy Milamago, Joe at RT.ie 551. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Alexander Webster and Betty Sound, briefly, you saw tasers where? Please carrying them where? Uh, 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 good afternoon, Joe. Uh, yeah. uh, well, actually, it wasn't tasers that I saw. Uh, it's just a short trip away in Italy, just come back, and I noticed that most, if not all, of the police walk around with automatic weapons on their hips. Yeah, but I don't... I, uh, somehow, somehow, Alexander, I don't think there's um, a demand for that. And lots of Gardaí and specialist units yeah. are armed. But today's topic yeah. is about uh, tasers, which are non-lethal. Obviously, a gun is lethal. But anyway, uh, I, know it's, I know it's generally remarked that across France, Germany, uh, Italy and Switzerland, beyond the, all the police are armed, but I don't think there's any. Well, I'm going by what Taoiseach um, mm. Leo Vradkar said a few months ago. I don't think there's any appetite for a, every guard to be armed, especially among the Gardaí. Anyway, Alexander Webster, good to meet you, Jerry O'Mahony is there. Mark Rattigan is there. Uh, Mark, you begin, because this is a a, a terrible injustice to this young boy, but I don't know how we're we're going to get round of it. It's, it's around it. It's your cousin, fifteen years of age, John Donahue. What's happened? Uh, good afternoon, Joe. Thanks for letting me speak on this topic. Um, just want to start by saying, look, um, I firstly would like to see politics taken out of sports and look. Well, tell, does it, no, for, first of all, Mark, tell us what's happened. People need oh, sorry, to know. Yeah, sorry, please, John, please. Sorry, no, my fault. My so, fault. Um, so, my cousin is boxing in the Junior World um, okay. Boxing Championships. Well done, and well he, done. He's, he's won his two first uh, bouts, 5-0. Okay. Uh, um, the last one, he got two standing accounts against a Mongolian opponent. Okay. Um, he has now been drawn against a Russian opponent. Okay. And due to politics... He's going to be forced to train yesterday, train today, make weight tomorrow, and then we'll be pulled out of, uh, we'll have to withdraw from the fight. Okay, and the World Boxing Championships Junior are happening in Armenia at the moment. And, be- and and your cousin John is only 15 he's done, it's a, great, a fantastic achievement has won his first two fights, is now into a quarter, is, is now into a quarter final, is that correct? That's correct. He's into quarterfinal. Should and if he, for example, if he was fighting another opponent and he had to win in, 
he would have been guaranteed a bronze medal, but now he's going to be forced to withdraw, which means the Russian opponent will automatically get a bronze medal. Okay, which, and which is, is bizarre, but because this is punishing. Yeah, you're sorry. saying that John John has got through to the quarterfinals, but because his opponent, that's not a decision of John, but because of his opponent, turns out to be a Russian um, uh, boxer. The Irish Sports Council uh, have there's a boycott of fighting uh, Russians, or at least in the ring anyway. There's a boycott of fight, fighting Russians, so we have to concede. Your John, your cousin John, has to concede. And the Correct. Russian, the Russian, gets the 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 bronze medal without raising a fist. Yes, basically, like it's it's punishing the Irish opponent yeah. when he the Irish he's a kid, an Irish kid for mm-hmm. doing absolutely nothing wrong. Like um, yes, just because the politicians have decided to remove any mm-hmm. of Irish sports athletes from competing against Belarusian or Russian opponents. It, this this is not John's fault. He got drawn against uh, Russians. The, the IABA should be calling for the Russian to be extended from the tournament if that's yeah. what they want to do. But well, not withdrawn our own. Well, let's, well uh, here, let's, let's stay with us. Five one double five one Joe at RT. Jerry O'Mahony. Jerry is president of the Irish Amateur Boxing Association. Um, but how did this situation emerge, Jerry? Please. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Uh, it, it emerged, I think, when. When the Russians invaded yeah. uh, Ukraine, there, there, there was there was a lot of sanctions brought against Russia, a lot of different things, and, and at the, at everybody was very was very uh, uh, upset, I suppose, and disappointed mm-hmm. the way that war was progressing. And sanctions were put on Russia, and I, I believe there was around thirty six sports ministers signed up to agreements that that uh, they would they would boycott Russian Russian. Teams, not just boxing, all sports, and and and, and uh, it kind of started from there. At the time, okay. the minister was, was was Minister Jack Chambers. So we we have to agree. We have, we had to agree with that policy as well, and we had to go along with that policy. And who, and we did who, not say, but, but who was uh, running? Sorry. Who was running? Who was running the Junior World Boxing Championships? Who's running it? The the IBA. And they haven't expelled Russia. No, the IBA are actually. I suppose Russian-based, Russian-influenced, uh, financed by Russia, Already, okay. financed by Gazprom, uh, oh, and a lot look. of other things. Yeah. A lot of other things thrown into the mix that that um, sports shouldn't be brought into. But it is; it's all thrown into the mix. You know, it's, it's so basically, situation. basically. But then, if the IBA is run by the Russians, what are we doing in any competitions run by them? Well, it's that, all at all. That, that, well, exactly. I suppose that, that was our policy at first. Now, now we are we are uh, affiliated to the IBA. Okay, it's, it's, it's in our constitution because because at the time that was the only world body there. Uh, uh, since then, there is a new body, but which hasn't been officially formed. Well, it is officially formed, but it's not. It's it, it, it's it's at early stages. But at the moment, the only show in town is, is IBA, and we are affiliated mm. to that according to our constitution. So our boxers. Due to COVID and due to a lot of yeah, a lot yeah. of events, lost out a lot of years of boxing, and to get back into it. Now, we we we, we were not allowed. We, we did not allow senior boxers, elite boxers, to box boxing competitions that were run by the IBA. Okay. At, at the start of at the start of all this, this all started during the invasion of Ukraine, and mm. I think everybody probably thought that this would be, all be over in a matter of weeks. You know, 
with the sanctions that Russia would pull back. It's still going on now, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's going on. Well, do you do you think the Irish government should change their policy? Well, after the statement last night, I believe I believe it has changed its policy. Uh, after after Thomas O'Byrne's statement last night, it is all that that that's it's. That we decide, but we were never notified of that, and and and, and, and I'm not blaming the Sport Ireland, I'm not blaming the, blaming the government as such. They, they signed up to agreements that were, at the time seemed the right thing to do because the war. It, it, it was I think it was hopeful the war would be over in a short period of time. It's still going on, and it may go on for the next twenty years. But in the meantime, the people on the periphery who are suffering aren't like mm-hmm. the kids. And many and, boxers and have uh, many boxers have we got at the Junior World Boxing Championship? Uh, I, I, eleven, I think, eleven or twelve, yeah. Okay, okay, stay, stay, stay with us. I need to take a quick break. Back after this break. Thanks, Jerry. Talk Thanks, Mark. On 815 Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. So the go. Do you, do you? I know Thomas O'Byrne said you can fight who you like, um, but will will sports bodies be sanctioned if they do fight the Russians because the statement? I know it goes back uh, two years, well, March twenty two. Yeah, yeah. He, um, said, he said last night we would not be sanctioned, but we were led to believe that that we depend solely on government funding and 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 mm-hmm. and. Uh, So you want okay, Jerry? What you want is a statement that's as strong, sorry, as clear as the original statement from the government saying um, um, the the thirty seven. They agree with thirty seven other sports ministers from across EU, North America, etc., condemning the actions of Russia, both Russia and Belarus. Sports Ireland mirrors these sentiments, which is your worry because they're the funding body, and it's equivocal in its position of the exclusion of both Russia and Belarus. Um, so yes. you're, you, would you, you're, saying you're, not, you're saying you're not prepared to risk it? I, well, after last night's statement, I, I, I am prepared to risk it because he said he will not affect, will not affect our funding. Okay. But I want that confirmed. And I, I, I'd love an urgent meeting with... The minister. Okay. And when I say urgent, I mean, I mean today a phone call because this decision about this young lad has to be made has to be made tonight. Uh, mm. And 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 there's also the, the other boxes have lost out in the past because because if they if they if they uh, eased their, their their pressure on 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 on, on Russia or whatever, I don't I don't let them ease their pressure on it. But if they've changed their mind on allowing. Young, young, young athletes to take part in sports. They should have notified us, and that they had no problem with young athletes taking part against Russians. That they, they should but have they said have, that. They uh, said that last night in the statement in the Rockers in the Zone. They did. They did. They did. They said the fact. So they should have said that. They should have said that before this, you know. But but I uh, understand that. But now it now it has some clarity has been put on the situations that they have uh, categorically stated last night at all that. No athlete, no club, or or the IAVA will not be um, 
Sanctioned, yeah. Sanctioned, yeah. Yeah, sanctioned, sorry. Yeah. Sanctioned yeah. If, if their fighters take part. So yeah. why not well, make the right call? Why, why, why punish a young lad for boxing? And I'm not just I, talking I agree, about John, I'm talking about sports athletes in general. Why punish our athletes for something? This is a young agree. kid who I, has I, nothing I got to do with politics, who doesn't go get into politics. He just wants to compete in a sport he loves. So Mark, Mark, just to be... I also understand how it, how it came about. You know, I understand how it came about... Uh, uh, that the war might be over in a month, we, we can all resume mm. back to normal. But it, but it didn't end in a month. Uh, it probably won't okay, end but, for but, a lot uh, of months ahead. Jerry, Jerry, Mark, Mark is pleading with you on behalf of his cousin John Donahue. He's, a ple- he's pleading yeah, with the yeah, president yeah. of the IABA to accept the government's words and let John let John Donahue box. Will you do that? Yeah, that, that is my hope. That is my hope. I, I, um, I, I certainly would. I actually spoke to the manager of the team out in Armenia, okay. who's a dear friend of yours, Joe, Anna Moore. Anna, well, the manager Anna, brilliant there. Anna Moore, yeah. And, and she was asking for you. Brilliant. But uh, I spoke to Anna this morning, and my hopes are that the young lad can box. Uh, will be allowed to box. But, but who's, I would but, like but, to get, but, like to get in some, fairness, some no, Jerry, Jerry, I, I understand that. But Jerry, the, 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 the decision... Given what the government said, and they've said it publicly, our spokespersons have said, I know you want a much more concrete, but they have said it publicly. Um, the decision now rests with you, effectively, doesn't it? Poison chalice, I suppose. I, I, yes, I, yes, I suppose it does. Well, 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 what yeah, do you, well, what do, I understand. I, you know, I know my, you have, my, pers- you have, my you personal, my personal wish is the young lad boxes tomorrow night. Yeah. Okay. And well, I'll it, do all my power to do that. Uh, well, uh, Mark, Mark, uh, is that not great uh, news? Well, that's great news, and look, I just hope he does just give make the recall and to let John fight. And it's not just John; another Irish athlete may draw a Russian yeah, or Belarusian yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. in the future. It's, 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 yeah, yeah. So, so it's a ridiculous situation. And, 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 and as you say, you you you've got a poison chalice, Jerry. You understand? And you're stuck between a rock and a so, hard so, place. Yeah. But yeah, uh, somehow, yeah, I don't. Yeah, somehow, yeah. now I'm, I can't judge public opinion. But somehow, um, I I don't think the court of public opinion. Would would turn against you if you let young young John Donahue fight against a Russian? And I, don't, I don't think so either. Okay. I don't think so either, Joe. I so, think so it's, happy, it, happy to see it. Results. Okay, so it's looking good. Uh, 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 it's looking good. I, okay. I, 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 I think so, Joe. Yeah. Okay, Mark. Yeah. Would Mark? Would you be able to communicate that to John or done, uh, to John? I know I, I, it'd I be done. Sure to, family's, okay. Family's reaching out, and the young lad is nervous as it is, and. He's anxious and look, he just wants to, to, to be given the opportunity okay. to compete. We need to unify through sport, not divide. Okay, Tina, Tina Dunne, who was in Armenia, she's John Joe, John's, uh, John Dunne, who's granny. Uh, Tina, good afternoon. Good evening, Joe. How are you? Well, did you hear Jerry O'Mahony there? It looks very, very good that they will allow. I did. I did. I hear Jerry. We also have our coaches here have emailed Jerry right. after the decision. So we also had another young girl, Tegan, who couldn't continue okay. um, her, co- her journey. We have John couldn't. Now, everybody over here in Armenia have been trying to get in touch with the IABA looking for directives. Well, now, and they keep being told that it's the Irish government, not them. Hmm. And now they're saying they let John fight. They're saying that now. That's my understanding, Jerry. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Yes, it is my understanding. Yes, I think there's a bit of passing the buck, maybe as well, around okay. the place. I, 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 so, you know, so the final, um, the final decision, as as Jerry said, he's been handed a poison chalice, Tina. Um, but my yeah. understanding, Tina, now is that Jerry is very open to saying yes. 
Okay, so will he do me a favour and email, answer the email that was sent to him from Anna and Jerry and all the team coaches? They emailed yeah. him last night and haven't received a response. So can uh, he email I, I them talking, back? I was talking to Anna well. this morning. Yeah, I was talking to Anna there about maybe about an hour and a half ago. And would you and, ring and, him? Uh, do you intend uh, ringing uh, her again? I have to give it to her in writing, so I'll get the secretary, and, uh, the IABA secretary, Internet to send... Uh, so you're uh, you're you're telling. Are you going to you're going to do that tonight? So Anna, you're going to do Anna it now. Be able to let John do it now, so John can fight tomorrow. Well, get into the get into the headspace as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jerry, Jerry, you're telling Tina live on on this program that you will do an email very shortly to the Irish coaches in Armenia saying. Uh, if we come up, John, John Donahue, if we come up against a Russian opponent, and uh, that's that's outside our control, as you know, that you, you're going yeah. to send an email to Anna and the other great coaches to say, uh, let them fight. Yes, but I'll, I'll, yes, yes, okay. I will do okay. that. Well, that's, clear. I like, that's clear. I like, I heard that, yeah. like, Did you hear that, I Tina? Like get... I did indeed. Thank you very much. And it's jo- where, where's, 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 where's John now? Well, John has to stay in a hotel. Here's the sacrifice they make. Yeah. When they come over here, they have to stay in a room in a hotel. But they was even a TV. They're not allowed to meet with their family, their friends, parents, grandparents. Okay. Like the work that they put on into being here training, and doing what yeah. they have to do yeah. is training. So okay, well, well, you, well, well you, heard Jerry, you've heard, you heard Jerry O'Mahony say there 10, 20, 30 seconds ago that he will be emailing immediately the Irish coaches to say John Joe, John, sorry, John is fighting. That couldn't be clear. Thank you so much, and Joe. Thank you so much. And Jerry, that's, uh, Jerry, in fairness to you, it's a very brave thing yeah. for you to do uh, live on a programme, but, uh, but I think Thank a lot of people Jerry. will appreciate it. Okay, and okay. I and yeah. I do accept yeah. Jerry's point that he was put in a difficult position uh, by government statements. But now you've you've said you take them at their word. They've said it publicly. We've repeated their statements on this program. And uh, best of luck now to um, to John Dunhu yeah. tomorrow yeah. and all their other uh, their eight boxers. Oh, yeah. they're on, they're only children. And Joe, Joe, we'll go in and show you the medal. Great, please do. <laughs> Anna, yeah, I, we will. Tina, Tina, tell Anna yeah. and the, the rest of the crew out there, um, we, we'll take bronze medals, we'll take silver medals, <laughs> and we'll take gold medals, but we're not taking miraculous medals, Tina, at this stage. We want, we want, we want, we want our, we want our team to win. So get, so Tina, great stuff. Tina, get that message out now, would you, to Anna, that they're fighting? Thank you. This is a miracle. This is a miracle. Thank you. Okay. Joe at RT.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Well, we got that barrier lifted anyway to the Irish uh, boxers continuing on their, their route. One of them, John Dunn, who was in the quarter final. Uh, he was under the uh, belief, and indeed a lot of people were, right, rightly so, that up to a few minutes ago he couldn't box because his opponent was a Russian and he had to give him a walkover, but that, that situation has now changed um, and the uh, IABA have said, no, we continue fighting, we can't 
pick who our opponents are in any competition and the best to look to all the Irish uh, boxers. Now, another barrier that's come down as a barrier in Parmesan Cemetery in West Dublin. Uh, anyone on the M50 there, you, you drive by it. It's a very, very big cemetery. Um, and Maura, Maura what, what's happened about getting into the actual uh, because it's a very spread out cemetery to get into the to visit the graves if you're not mobile. Hello, Joe. Yes, uh, yesterday um, my tweet started off because my sister called. Daddy was really upset. Mm-hmm. He had gone to visit my mother, which he does about two or three times a week, but he hadn't been there in a few days. But anyway, when he went, he wasn't able to get in because they had changed accepting the two euro coin to installing a swipe card and he couldn't therefore get in because he doesn't use a swipe card debit card credit card sorry what you mean by swipe card it's not a designated swipe card it's a credit card yeah yeah yes a credit card and he he doesn't use one and um, like a lot of people like a lot of people and he had no choice but to reverse and go home so he mm-hmm. was really upset and he phoned my sister and she phoned me because she knows I'm on Twitter. So um, the thing is, why can't they have both methods? Now, Dad isn't complaining that he has to pay. Um, he's mm-hmm. been doing that for years, as in, indeed have all people. But during the course of Twitter interactions, it became obvious that mm-hmm. really they're a targeted group it's those that cannot walk from the car park yeah, to maybe yeah. the back of the cemetery. Because it's free, obviously, if you park your car, but it's mm. only people that aren't able-bodied to access their graves that have to pay. But anyway, if they put back in the facility, you know, we'd be happy enough. Okay. Um, well, well Glasnevin Trust say... The reason they got, got rid of the two euro, you know, you, you pop it in there, the barrier. Um, and then obviously you drive in and then as you're leaving, you're, you're, the weight of your car lifts the barrier uh, on the other yes. side. But um, the reason they got rid of it is because it's been uh, vandalised. People God, people think there's hundreds of euro in it. There's probably about 20 euro in it at the best of times. Um, yes. But um, that's, what, that's why they got rid of it, the vandalism. Now, the good news is uh, yes. they just told us... Um, in the meantime, given that members of the public are having trouble uh, with the card system, the bar- the barrier has been raised while discussions continue on this matter. Well, that's excellent. Um, but that's yeah. since today, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I'm delighted, and so will Daddy be. I yeah. mean, there is... And by the way, ju- just sorry, Mara, my, my, my interruption, apologies. You know when people say, well, Glasnevin is a incredible credible uh, yes, uh, uh, landscape yes incredible but yeah. but the 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 crossways are very narrow whereas Palmerstown, yes the crossways yes. are far car- cars can obviously they, there's yes. no exit there's it's no true road but cars can because of the size of the cemetery there is the width between all the burial places to allow right. a car and actually to allow two cars side by side yeah. almost so so it was built yeah. with that intent but you understand where they say it's been it's been uh, vandalized so so but anyway they've lifted the barrier 
uh, during the day. And I, yes. what I hope, that, and by the way, it's such a clear graveyard. If you stand at the barrier, yes, you can look, only. it's grass yeah. only. It's, so it's if there beautifully was, maintained. Beautifully maintained, like all the Glasnevin, yeah. Dublin Cemeteries Trusts are now called, beautifully maintained. So if anyone was acting the Egypt, they'd be spotted from, by, by other people who would, who would check them and chastise them. But the, the actual barrier with the two euro became the, the point of vandalism because it had money in it. But yeah. anyway, and I'm not quite sure, though, why they have a barrier. I no. mean, is it to stop hundreds of cars accessing? Or, no. like, I'm not quite sure what the reasoning is. At one point, I was told it was for maintenance and upkeep. But if that's no. the case, why only are those unable, the ones uh, targeted that can't walk in? Mm-hmm. Like it wouldn't be a level I presume, place. I, I presume the cemetery is locked at a certain time every evening. Yes, it yeah. is. Okay. Um, I think around half four. And there's big, there's big gates there, isn't there? There are, Just where yes. Tommy but the is other point flowers, is yeah. they can't go on a Sunday. Sunday is a quite a popular day for yeah. people to visit. But those people that cannot walk from the cemetery mm. are prevented because the barriers are closed off. Already every Sunday, okay. Every Sunday, yeah. That, 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 okay. Now you get over that also, you, you know, there's so many things you can put aside, mm. but that is a point. Okay. And who does your, who does your dad go and visit? Uh, my mother, she died okay. a couple of years back on my sister. So okay. he, he gets great comfort going yeah. there, yeah. cleaning the grave. Look, so many elderly people, that's what they do two or three times a week. And they don't mind paying the money. That's not okay. the issue. And how long, would, how long would he spend up there, Maura? Uh, probably 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. He, he does what she used to do with my sister. They used to polish off the grave and uh, make sure it's clean mm. and grass clipped, even though the, the people do it themselves. They mightn't do it quite right, you see. Now they say, so, I know. But they say that the, 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 the Parmesan Cemetery say the barriers operate the same on the weekends. That they do well, open on the Sunday weekends. Because then, I okay, go on okay, well then, no, no, I have gone several Maybe that'll change. Maybe, okay, I take a word, I take a word. But they're saying yeah. clearly to us that that will not be the case. And the barrier will be open for the foreseeable future until they work out a system that doesn't discommode, uh, discommode people. Maura, thanks for bringing yeah. that to our attention. And kind, well, thank you kind, very much. kind regards to your dear dad. And, thank uh, you very much, Condolences on the, the, the passing of your mother. Joe at rte.ie. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Okay, Joe at RT.ie and uh, Joe at RT.ie and a reminder that um, this coming Friday, all things being normal insofar as um, we're going to do, it's the 1st of December, so we're going to do a programme encouraging people uh, to to evangelise about their hobbies. To try, we heard yesterday this incredible story about the the man in Dublin who was taken up. Wait for it, magnet fishing. And magnet fishing is you get a long rope, you buy a magnet. It can be the size of a manhole, it can be the size of a hope cap of a car, or even smaller. But the magnets these days are extraordinarily powerful, and you drop them into a riverbed. I presume it's not harmful or whatever, and you trawl the riverbed or the canal bed, as happens in Dublin, for whatever you get, supermarket trolleys. Our caller yesterday got 200 bicycles in the Dublin canals, the Royal Canal, the Grand Canal and the rivers, including the Liffey and the Dodder and the Tolka. 200 bicycles. So that's that's a new hobby. And then he revealed that there are 800 of them 
in a Facebook group with that with that hobby. Believe it, uh, believe it or not. Um, Anthony, good afternoon. Two, two two stories. Go ahead, Anthony. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Joe. How's yeah. it going? What, what was the letter yeah, yeah, you got? Since Harf, like yourself, Joe. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I just I got a letter this morning from the um, uh, property management in our complex. Okay. And uh, the okay. first page was fine. It was reasonable. It was talking yeah. about. Not um, parking cars or vans yeah, that yeah. aren't owned. There aren't people um, from the actual, you know, apartments that don't own that don't own them. Not the, you know, mm. the legal parking, and that was fine. <clears throat> and then I turned the second page, and to my bemusement, in big bold letters was no bird feeding <laughs> in in the complex. And as I read on, it basically went into the fact that um, we're asking residents who put up bird feed- feeders, yeah. you know, the small boxes on the trees, that um, this is not allowed. Ah, must be no. taken down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that, it, it, that it causes um, vermin. And I kind of thought to myself, now, are they, are they referring to rats, yeah. as in rat vermins? As I've never seen a rat go up a tree looking for bird feed. Um, or are they talking about... Squirrels, yeah. which is you know around there, yeah, there there's tons of them around. Um, yeah, nobody, no, Turf, Saint Anne's, and nobody takes um, any heed to them. They're, they're regarded as a novelty. Yeah, 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 and and the other and the issue I would see is that on the ground level is mostly older people and um, retirees, and they would be putting those up, you know, and it's a, kind of a hobby, and it's you know. It's, so the man, um, so the management committee have told man, you. So the, uh, the, the sorry, the management company. company company yeah, yeah. sorry yeah yeah the company have said do no, not no no feeding the birds the birdies they're they're anti mary poppins do not they're saying <laughs> do not feed the birds do not feed them <laughs> it's julie andrews this is laughable this is this is it's, it's unbelievable it? i mean you know you, you kind of think that people better people better things to do um and like you know as i say um you also think of and it's true. There's been studies done that birds yeah. bring, uh, you know, for people with depression or you yeah, know anxiety. Yeah, come on, they're, they're very, it's very good. So, are we going to eradicate everything? Um, like you can't do anything, um, you know, at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just. I mean, I even think people should be allowed to have pet dogs in their apartments. They should be allowed to. But Absolutely. That's, you have to pay Absolutely. rent for them, but now you're not allowed okay. to feed the birdies. Yeah. Well, um, we start a campaign then, Anthony. I think we should. Led, led by Mary Poppins. Led by Mary Poppins. And this will be our anthem. <laughs> we'll have to go marching. <laughs> Here yeah, it is. No, I, I, I just, I was bemused by it. Um, the bird. You know. Join with me, Anthony. Toppin' the bird. Feed the birds in Clontarf. <laughs> Don't feed the birds. In Clontarf. That's there you go. That's what we're crying. <laughs> Anthony. Yeah. Was there was there was there um complaints? I there's now that's the thing. That that's what I, I think possibly happened. Yeah. But you know, but I think there's two things, there's two sides to that. One, what the hell is somebody complaining about that you've a lot of time in your hands yeah. to be complaining about something like that. And the second thing is the property management companies not just say, Absolutely not. We're not even gonna entertain that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's become so you know, radical in some ways, like these, <laughs> uh, like that. You can't do 
anything. Like it's just like you, you, and you, the, you know. Did the management company say after consultation with the residents, we've decided to not feed the birds? Uh, no, it's it just basically it's quite firm in the letter. Um, you know, it basically says that there is to be no feeding of the birds, um, and there's to be no bird feeders. Um, you know, the, uh, um, are none of the little boxes to be put up in the yeah, trees everyone, to be yeah. taken which, down to, which, to take them down. I mean, how miserable is that? Like, <laughs> I just hope Derek Mooney and Aina and Richard and Niall Hatch don't don't find out about this. Oh, yeah, exactly. I there really you go. do. Like board go. song, the dawn chorus, board song. All the song, very important things. The colours, watching people. them, watching God them. God knows we need. God knows we need a bit of happiness at the moment. Yeah, watching the fledglings take flight for the first time. It's just. Do you know? Yeah. To actually, yeah. Oh, I there think, you go. I think we should we should form a committee, Anthony. Um, no, and but have you a residence committee? <laughs> have you? <laughs> You no, should, no, you, no, should no, get one, no. Get one together. Get no, one together. No, okay, okay, okay. Okay, there you go. Okay, well done. We, we'll get over this one. The boards will be back in Clontarf. They'll be back. They, they will be back. back. <laughs> well done, Anthony. Well Thank done, you. well done. That's beautiful. That's Mary. That's Julie Andrews. Mary Poppins. Paul Henry, quickly. Paul, what happens? Hello, Paul, you, you, you have an incredible hobby. You, you, what, you, you renovate classic motorbikes. Yeah, pretty much anything. Motorbikes, uh, I'm working on a car well, at the well, moment, old okay. wooden radios. And tell me quick, it, we're up against the, the clock here. Tell me what happened. You, you renovated sure. an incredible bike. What's it called? I got an old, it's an old 1962, it's called a Superior. It's, okay. uh, it's an old, it's an auto cycle. It's like a moped, you know. Ah, I love them, love them, love them. Pedal. With this a little a little thing, petrol yeah, I mean, tank on the front, is it? Little tiny petrol tank, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And where, um, where, and when, where, to do it up. where and when was it stolen? Oh, it was nicked outside Clontarf Rugby Club. Oh, they mother of God. Clontarf. Clontarf has gone to the dogs. Uh, gone to the dogs. First of all, they're getting rid of the boards <laughs> and now they're stealing the, the uh, classic bikes. Give me a description <laughs> of it. Give me, give me a photograph. Send in a photograph. Give me a description. We'll tweet it quickly. I'll fire it into you. Brilliant. Yeah, no, yeah. I will. I, I, I'll send one in. It's what colour is it? It's, it's sky blue. Uh, and it's, mm. yeah, a little le- le- leather saddle. I'd say more than likely it's uh, your your other caller who's on about the magnet station. He might be pulling out in the liffy of the, okay. the next few days. You know? And it looks, it doesn't look <laughs> like, it's not a Harley Davidson. It's a cross in many ways between a bicycle never, and, and a motorbike. Exactly. Is You'll it, never see anything like it. And more than like you'll hear it first. You know? Beautiful, beautiful. I hope but, you get uh, it back, Paul. I really do. There are and so the Clont- many bikes being stolen. And, and I tell you, the Guardian Clontarf are brilliant. They will uh, keep an eagle eye out for it. But we're also... Have you have you come across in any anywhere around that area an abandoned uh, old fashioned little motor motorbike? Paul Henry needs it back. God bless you, Paul. Back tomorrow, one forty five. Uh, Tommy O'Sullivan on sound. Richie Byrne research uh, producer is Chan O'Gorman and Ray Darcy's next. 0818-715-815 stays open until three fifteen p.m. or email Joe at rte.ie.